It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. We're joined here tonight by Joe Toscano, host of the Donut Bag Podcast, part of the PodHub Network. Be sure to give him a follow as we prepare for this Monday night battle between the Dolphins and the Steelers. Steelers currently are 14-and-a-half-point favorites at Heinz Field this Monday. So, Joe, I think the question on everybody's mind as we head into this game and the underlying story here is the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. The Dolphins traded Minka to the Steelers for their first-round pick in 2020. There were some other draft picks involved. So that was also the same day that Big Ben went on injured reserve. What was your initial reaction to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade? My initial reaction was, wait, what? We traded our first-round pick? The Steelers never do that. What is going on here? And the next thought, thing I thought was, well, what if, these, what if the Steelers think? And that's a really high pick. What, what have they done? And then when you hear more about Nick Fitzpatrick, and uh, he's basically awesome. And I, I think it was just like an opportunity that the Steelers couldn't pass up. Uh, so, you know, the more I learned about him, um, I like the deal. I like it now. He's been in great with the team. He is, uh, hasn't really done anything very flashy, but I think he just helps overall. And I think the way the Steelers are using him is just to eliminate the deep threats. And I think he's been great at that. So, uh, he's, he's been in pretty well so far. Yeah. And, He's back there, and the last game the Steelers played, he played all 62 defensive snaps at free safety opposite uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, former first-round pick, at strong safety. Now, staying on the quarterback position, big bat off of the year, obviously, Mason Rudolph had that wicked hit in week five against the Ravens where he had the concussion. He will be back this week, as you know. So do you think that factored into them? Do you think Mason Rudolph factored in to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade thinking they already have their quarterback of the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Dolphins, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when they shopped Minka Fitzpatrick that a lot of teams were offering their first-round pick. And I think the, the Dolphins chose the Steelers because they said, well, Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. They're going to be bad. This is going to be a high pick. This will be great. And the Steelers were thinking the opposite. They were thinking, well, we have our backup quarterback. We'll be fine. We'll just plug him in, and we won't be as good as we were with Ben, but we'll still be good. Well, that hasn't exactly happened. Uh, Mason Rudolph, is he's he started slow. Uh, the problem with him is he's afraid to make a mistake. Um, afraid of making a mistake, does not take chances. Does not throw the ball. His first his first couple of games, he didn't throw the ball down the field at all, and it's just a little maddening that people are blaming the offensive coordinator for that. And that's not really the case. <laughs> Even the offensive coordinator said, "Hey, I would love him to throw the ball downfield." Also, he's just not, and it's that's just it. He was just afraid to to, to make a mistake, throw an interception, and it, so. What they did, so so his first uh, start was against San Francisco, and that was an absolute disaster. Then he played against 
uh, they played against the Bengals, and he <laughs> they had a lot of wildcats. They had a lot of um, shovel passes that technically can uh, count as passes. So his numbers looked good. I think he went like 24 of 28 or something like that. But it was just extremely low risk passes. And even in the Ravens game, they were still doing this super conservative stuff where he wouldn't throw the ball down the field. Then they got down 10 to nothing and he decided, okay, well, I better let it rip. And he started to uh, throw the ball down the field a little bit and was successful, but then he got uh, knocked out of the game. Yeah. He had that long pass to Juju Smith Schuster. And we started to see some of that, that he was showing at Oklahoma state, throwing the ball downfield a little bit more. Other than that, when I've watched the Steelers game, I've seen a lot of dump offs to the running backs which is yep. fine to a certain extent. But I think this is the week that Mason Rudolph really starts throwing the ball a little bit deeper because, let's face it, the Dolphins really don't have much of a pass rush. So he's going to have a little bit more time right there in the pocket. So obviously they've lost some receivers over the last couple of years. We don't have to go down the A-B route. But, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is their number one guy. He had a monster season last year. But – their second and third receivers and their tight end position, other than Vance McDonald, some new faces there this year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Antonio Brown was gone. That's a that's a huge uh, loss. So everybody thought, well, okay, now Juju has to be the number one. How he, how is he going to do uh, in that? And we, it's still an incomplete. Um, he has a couple of uh, touchdowns. And and those were basically him making um, superhuman efforts. I mean, that was basically just him ma- making the play and uh, making a great play. Other than that, he really hasn't done much. And then, you know, it, it, I think it goes back to what I was saying about, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph just not taking chances down the field. Uh, in, the, uh, in the San Diego – oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. I call the Chargers San Diego. Um, oh, we did it 100 the, times when we played him two weeks ago. I don't know about <laughs> um, that. <laughs> in the game against the Chargers, they uh, just like you mentioned, there was a lot of dump offs to running backs, and so they had great games. But I think each of the receivers only had like one or two targets or something like that. So it's hard to to figure out. Yeah, there's Juju at number one, and then at number two, they thought it was going to be Dante Moncrief, and that was an absolute disaster the poor guy i think he broke a finger or something like that or had or had some kind of finger injury and i don't know if it's that or just a mental thing but he was a complete disaster he dropped balls um he those and 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 when ben roethlisberger got hurt it was in the seattle game and uh mason rudolph came in and his first pass in the NFL was an interception. It wasn't his fault at all. It was right in Dante Moncrief's hands, and it just bounced off his hands and went right into a, a cornerback. So at that point, like, the whole town wanted him gone. So they benched him after that, and uh, and he really hasn't been seen. So, you know, number two was supposed to be Dante Moncrief. That didn't happen. Then it was supposed to be James Washington, and he got hurt. But even before he got hurt, he wasn't all that impressive. Uh, which was really surprising because he was teammates with Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State. So, right. and they have such they have such great rapport in the preseason. The past two preseasons, they have you know connected like crazy. 
but then in the regular season, it just didn't happen. So uh, that was a disappointment. Then, and now it's basically uh, Deontay Johnson, who is the um, uh, the third round pick this year. And he's looked good, but, you know, he's he's a rookie, so he's still trying to figure out. So, yeah, that is a big question. Um, I think, personally, I think Dante Moncrief is going to come back. Uh, he did make a really nice catch in the Chargers game. So, I think... I think he's going to have a little bit of a redemption. I think he's going to be the number two guy. And they really need that because they need, you know, <laughs> losing losing one of the best wide receivers is, uh, you know, was, is a huge adjustment that they still need to figure out. And, you know, they need all the help they could get. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's something they still need to figure out. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, I saw the snap count in the last game they played. He had 41 compared to Moncrief's 19. And they play a lot of two tight end sets there with Vance McDonald and, and Nick Vanette, as you know, too. So the personnel groupings are going to be interesting because Juju, if Xavier Howard is expected to be back in this game, he should draw Juju. And then from that point, these other wide receivers are going to have an opportunity to step up, and Mason Rudolph should find time to throw there on offense. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, if you take a look from top to bottom, it seems like they're littered with first-round draft picks. I mean, just about every position. I, I know they lost Stefan Tuita, who is a former second-rounder, to injured reserve last week. But before we even get into the defense, you know, obviously as Dolphins fans, we're, we've got our mind on 2020 a lot. And two interesting names to maybe look out for for Dolphins fans and Steelers fans for next year. Javon Hargrave, their nose tackle, is somebody I've, I've always admired. And he's scheduled to be a free agent. And then Sean Davis, I know he's your third safety now after the drafting of, Ter of Terrell Edmonds and uh, trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. Those two players, Davis and Hargrave, do you see them getting to the free agent market in 2020? What's been kind of the latest talk on them? Yeah, I do. Um, usually what the Steelers do is they will um, – if there's somebody that's about to be a free agent next year, if they really want them, they'll sign them to an extension right before the season starts. And they did not do that with, uh, with Hargrave or Davis Davis. It was assumed. I mean, he really, uh, he's been, I don't want to say average, but basically he's just been an average safety. He was, he's not, not bad, not, not bad, not good. He's just basically leave at league average. He's, he's okay. Um, Hargrave, it's it's hard to say because he just he he shows that great potential, but then sometimes sometimes it it, it happens and sometimes it doesn't. So um, the, the Steelers are still going to have um, cap problems. They're going to they don't have much space. They won't have much space next year. So I don't unless they somehow clear up a bunch of space or or do something. I don't see them uh, uh, signing Hargrave or uh, Davis. Or Bud Dupree, the outside linebacker, who is having um, also a uh, a very nice year. Finally, it took him <laughs> took him five years, but they they finally got a good year out of him. And uh, uh, and he'll, yeah, I remember he'll being I remember being really high on him in, in twenty the twenty fifteen draft, and he fell down there. And he's he should be going up against Dolphins left tackle Jamarcus Webb. So I think you might see that sack total go up a little bit for him too. But that's a great observation. On him too, six four, two hundred and sixty pounds, hasn't ever quite gotten over that hump. But this year he has he is getting to the quarterback a lot more. And we always, it's you know really the strength of this defense 
as you know, with the Steelers, is their linebacker core. I mean, Devin Bush is having a rookie of the year caliber season, at least here at the beginning. T.J. Watt looks like he's getting better and better. What can you say about this linebacker group? You know, it's funny. In previous years, the Steelers had to rely on their offense, and the defense was just either not good enough or you just hope that they're they're barely good enough and this year it's the exact opposite the Steelers the, the defense has really uh stepped up the the main problem with the defense in previous years was they just did not have any takeaways they had they had to be near the bottom of the league in in takeaways this year they are I'm not sure what the numbers are but they are they're getting a lot of takeaways um it is it has been great um, I think that the the main thing is that uh, the difference is, first of all, they have uh, in free agency they got cornerback Steven Nelson, and he was he's been great. He is uh, he's been doing great. Unfortunately, he's uh, he's injured. And then they traded for Devin Bush in the first round, and he is just getting better and better every week. He is everything that they thought he would be, and he is he's a playmaker. He's he's fast. That's what they basically when Ryan Shazier got hurt um, a few years ago, they could not, they did not adequately uh, fill that slot. And you know because Ryan Shazier was a was a fast linebacker that could cover wide receivers. He could he could rush. He could he was a tackle machine. He was awesome. And he, and his loss left such a huge hole in the defense that they just could not recover. And now they got Devin Bush and they were able to. Um, to to fill that spot and and so he's been doing great and then of course Minka I think he um, you know like I said he's he hasn't made he, he's I think he's had some um, he's forced some fumbles made some interceptions but I think his main contribution is he just completely shuts down the deep ball you know teams are just not able to um, make uh, deep passes against him and that was another problem with uh, the defense in previous years so it's just all coming together also you know you mentioned Stefan to he was maybe the best player he was just an absolute force on the line and now that he's hurt uh, there's concern that this, the defense won't be as good because the line won't be as good um, that puts more pressure on the linebackers and the, and the uh, defensive backs so we'll see how that goes but yeah the, the Steelers defense has looked really good and they keep getting better every week. Yeah, and they added uh, Joe Hayden here a couple years ago to be that cornerback. I, I think they signed him to an extension here this past year. Just has yep. been a solid player since he came out in, in out of the out of the college ranks in 2010. So yeah, it looks like uh, on, on defense it's certainly getting a lot better for the Steelers. They're allowing about 4.1 yards a carry to opposing running backs. And uh, the quarterback rating against them this year is at about 88. So pretty good numbers there. And, you know, you've, you've obviously got the physical potential at that position too. So two questions for you here, Joe, uh, before we let you go, is number one, what is your prediction for this game? And number two, because the big question on everybody's mind is, what is your prediction for the Steelers' record at the end of the year? <laughs> well, uh, my prediction for the game um, – I see that the Dolphins have been playing pretty well the past few weeks. Um, they they almost beat the Redskins. Uh, they, they made it close against the Bills. So 
I, I think this is a, you know, this isn't a team that got, you know, destroyed by the Ravens in week one. I think they're, they're getting better, but the Steelers on Monday night, um, I think they're under Tomlin, they're undefeated or something like that. I think that there's just something about that. Uh, they're also wearing their color rush uniforms, which is supposed to mean something. I don't know, but um, I, I, I think, I think the Steelers are going to win. Maybe not comfortably. I think, I don't know if the line is like 14 or something like that. I don't think, I don't think the Steelers are good enough to beat any team by 14 points, but um, I, I, I see the Steelers winning probably by 10, like, uh, you know, 24, 14, something like that. Um, as for how the Steelers will do, well, that's, <laughs> I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot on, on my podcast. Uh, you know, we, we just looked at the schedule again and, you know, we're, we're just trying to see is like, is this still a playoff team? Can we still make the playoffs? Can we still have a winning record? I don't know. I'm looking at between basically seven, eight or nine wins. And I mean, nine wins is just extremely optimistic. That is just, you know, just my putting on my, uh, my Steeler uh, colored uh, goggles there. But yeah, I, I think realistically you're looking at seven or eight wins. And, you know, that'll get the Dolphins uh, pretty good draft pick. Yeah, if they end up getting, I think our, our baseline has always been the 11th pick again. And beating the Chargers last week certainly helped that because, man, I was so angry. I'm sorry. I mean, look, I like the Steelers too. <laughs> but I was so angry because, like, it, it, Minka, I, I've got Minka's jersey. I, uh, that's a whole different story. But uh-huh. – in and then we trade it, and then we trade them there. And uh, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this Chargers game, thinking if they go one and five, I don't know if they're going to recover from that. And now we might be talking right. about two top five picks. I really wanted that, but I'm also happy too that the well, look, I'm not going to insult your intelligence. I'm not happy that the Steelers uh, uh, won last week, but I, I do think they've got a lot of good things going for them, especially with that defense. If you can continue to get Devin Bush and, and TJ Watt and, and Cameron Hayward and these players playing at a high level. I think that when that schedule starts to weaken here a little bit toward the end of the year, you know, if you've got the Bengals twice, you've got the Browns who suddenly aren't looking very tough anymore. Yeah. I mean, maybe they can make a late playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, and you know, yeah, they they started off bad, but I mean, look who they played: the Patriots, mm-hmm. who are amazing; uh, the 49ers, who are undefeated; uh, Seattle's good, uh, and the and the Ravens turns out are good too. So you know they've been playing hard teams, like and like you said, the, the schedule is going to get a lot weaker. But it all the, the key for the entire season is how is Mason Rudolph going to do the rest of the year? Is he actually a good quarterback for this league, or is he not? And that determines the whole thing. If he's not, it's going to be real ugly. And you might be looking at one of the uh, couple top five picks. Um, but if he gets it together, yeah, I could see seven or eight or nine wins. Absolutely. And that's why I think that the Steelers would be too good to win just four or five games this year anyway. He, that's what I was thinking. And then I thought, but you know, if they lose to the Chargers here and they get to one and five, that might be a different story. But yeah, now yeah. I think that they have the potential to turn the corner and string some together. Because if they beat the Dolphins, they're going to get to three and five. And if they can just kind of split some games over the next three or four weeks when it's a little tough, you might be able to set yourself up for a playoff run a little bit later in the year. Joe Joe Toscano is joining us here. He is the host of the Donut Bag podcast, part 
of the Pod Hub Network. Be sure to give him a follow. Also follow him on Twitter as well. Joey Bag of Donuts, all spelled out except for in the of, it's O-V instead of O-F, if I have that correct. Yep. Got it. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Steelers matchup here on the Finside. Thank you to our guest, Joe. And you can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Fin side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side, side, and it must be the fin side. Left. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.